Hello and welcome to The Catch. I'm Matt Hansen, freelance editor with FindBet.com, joined as always by writer and contributor for FindBet.com, Brad Mealy. Brad, what's your favorite part of Thanksgiving? Well, it's got to be the uh, stuffing and the three football games that we get to watch every Thanksgiving. Um, obviously, it's nice to get together with family and, and uh, spend time together, but that's going to be a little bit different this year with the um, state of the uh, pandemic and just trying to lay low and kind of keep everybody healthy. So, But uh, for me, it's getting to watch football and spending time and really not having to do anything, which is awesome. That is awesome. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to stuffing myself and probably falling asleep watching uh, some of the early games. Uh, but we're going to be treated to a pretty good primetime game on Thanksgiving. Uh, but maybe we'll be surprised by uh, the early games. But uh, what do you think about the, the slate for Thanksgiving, Brad? Yeah, obviously, I mean, no one's going to get very excited about watching Detroit and Dallas play on Thanksgiving, at least this year. You know, it's not one of those uh, – years you get too excited about it last year buffalo played dallas on thanksgiving which was exciting um it was a good game and um one of the big things too this year is um you know the primetime game is the ravens and steelers which is awesome i think that's gonna be a really good game although the ravens are kind of hit by COVID a little bit the running back room is gonna be a little thinner this week uh for the game tomorrow on thursday so uh i think that's the game i'm most looking forward to obviously i'll have i'll tune into the other games but they'll kind of be out in the background and Really, we'll just be tuning in more for fantasy purposes and DFS purposes than actually caring about who wins the game. Absolutely. Well, we are bringing you the 11th installment of this series where we will discuss everything going on in the world of sports that we can fit into 60 minutes. Throughout this series, we will cover a range of topics, including sports betting and fantasy, along with keeping up with current events, trade rumors, and more. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FineBet underscore news and on fine and on instagram at FindBet, just one word you can subscribe to this podcast on spotify and apple Podcasts by searching FindBet. all of our newest content can be found on FindBet.com. Uh, this week you can find a thanksgiving day game betting guide uh, you'll get to know who to drop who to swap and who to shop for your fantasy football team and later this week that usual article that usually drops on fridays is our nfl dfs sit and start recommendations along with all the betting advice you need and the Sunday schedule for the Week 12 NFL games. So, Brad, with Thanksgiving being tomorrow and Black Friday the following day, I wanted to come up with a shopping list for some of our favorite friends, those being our friends in the NFL. So I think we should come up with a thing or two for all or as many teams as we have time for today and figure out how to make them better for either the rest of this year or going into 2021. I want to start with, I guess, what you could consider the naughty list. Uh, this is the list of undesirables that we've been accumulating um, that we're crossing off for playoff contention this year. Um, and I have my updated power rankings that will be coming out uh, this week with um, up-to-date records and where I'm placing them for us to look at, Brad. Um, but let's start off with the list of undesirables and start figuring out what the perfect present's going to be uh, for all of these teams. And let's start out with the lovable losers in New York, the Jets at 0-10. They're last on our power rankings yet again. Um, I think, Brad, really the only good gift for them is going to be a new head coach. Uh, Adam Gase has still somehow managed to retain his job as the head coach of the Jets through this 0-10 start to the year. 
I can't imagine that he would be in that same place to begin 2021, but at the same time, I'm surprised that he's still there now. So Brad, um, what do you think about my gift idea for the Jets? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're going to have a new head coach. I know I can't imagine Adam Gase lasting uh, into a third season considering what he's done to the offense and considering how that team has been managed and basically into the ground since he was hired. Um, they're obviously the top contenders for Trevor Lawrence, even with Sam Darnold at, at uh, quarterback. They just drafted, you know, three years ago um, at number three overall, they traded up for him. So um, I don't think that you're going to be able to pass on Lawrence. So that means either Darnold's going to get traded and to kind of get a new start somewhere, or also uh, I just can't see them being together in, in the Jets organization. So I think you see that Darnold will get traded the Jets will get Trevor Lawrence in the draft as long as things continue and they don't pull out a win or two at the end of the year to uh, kind of throttle that, uh, basically that th philosophy. Um, so I think that a new head coach and a new, new quarterback is something that the, will do the Jets wonders here for 2021. So the Jets are getting a, a double president, um, apparently making up for this lackluster season. Yeah, right. I agree. Um, you know, the only wrench that could potentially get thrown into that plan is Trevor Lawrence still has the option to go back to Clemson for another year. There's never been any indication from him or anybody around him that he would do so. Um, but at the same time, you know, if that's me and I'm looking at the Jets and I'm looking at, you know, how I'm going to have to come into the league and struggle and the run of quarterbacks in the past that came in with high expectations and a lot of talent that just failed on bad teams. And Trevor Lawrence is somebody that I'm excited to see play at the professional level. I just don't know if it's going to be with the Jets. So, uh, you know, if, if for some reason he decides to go back to school, you know, other options out there uh, in the draft are going to be Justin Fields, the quarterback uh, at, at Ohio State, uh, as well as um, Zach Wilson out of BYU and um, the dark horse, Trey Lance, uh, coming out of, of D2. But, um, but yeah, the Jets definitely need to do something and, and something that is still to be undetermined is where Dak Prescott's going to be next year. And um, the bet's likely going to be on him getting franchised by, by Dallas or negotiating a new contract. Um, but Dallas is another team that is on our list of undesirables that have been crossed off for playoff contention this year. And even though they came out with a good win last week, uh, the sitting at three and seven, you know, they're not out of it in the NFC East race yet but um for us we've already crossed them off and Dak is somebody that if he decides that he doesn't want to be in Dallas and Dallas decides not to franchise him he's going to be probably the biggest free agent out on the market next year and that could also be an option for the Jets and anybody that's looking for a quarterback uh, so let's move to Dallas next Brad and I'll let you kind of talk about uh, where you think they're at and, and what what gift would be good for them uh, moving forward well, I think a little bit of uh, the best gift for the Dallas Cowboys would be to get a little bit of clarity and maybe suck up their pride a little bit and just give Dak the extension that he deserves. I mean, you can see how much, how valuable he is to that offense, especially. Um, but we've talked about this in the past that now that he was hurt and he was on the franchise tag, obviously this year, his asking price per year probably went up at least $5 million per year from where it was this past off season, Definitely. especially with how bad their offenses looked. Andy Dalton has been okay, 
But obviously when Dalton was out, they were just completely – the offense was completely non-existent. So yeah. um, the biggest thing for me for them is – the biggest gift I think that they would – uh, benefit the the greatest from is having uh, Dak Prescott as their quarterback for 2021. Now, if they decide to not do that, um, you know, are they going to be able to get one of the top quarterbacks in the draft this year to fill that in? Um, I'm not 100% sure. Do they go with somebody maybe like Jameis Winston? Um, if he's not with the Saints after next year, it's something that is going to be really interesting to watch. If you want a second gift for the Cowboys, maybe a, a, a better defensive coordinator. Now, their defense, defense has been better the last couple of weeks, um, but they've just got completely skewered to begin the year. So I think the number one gift for the Dallas Cowboys is to man up and uh, sign Dak Prescott to an extension. Yeah, that would be my gift to them as well. Uh, as you had mentioned, it was very clear that they were one team with him in the lineup uh, during the first uh, few weeks of the season. But once he endured that season-ending injury, you know, it's been a nightmare ever since. And uh, in an NFC East this year where it's really, you know, open for any team to even <laughs> finish about 500 will probably win the division. Uh you know, a healthy Dak and this Cowboys team, I think, would have turned it around and ran away with the, the NFC East. But now without him, uh, you know, they're struggling to keep their head above water just like everybody else. Um, but speaking about keeping your head above water, let's go to another team that's uh, already been crossed off by us, and that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are losers of nine straight. And uh, if you have been listening to this podcast since the beginning, we used to sign off the show with a God bless Gardner Minshew. Uh, Minshew, we're a huge fan of him here at Fine Bet, but he's been injured um, in his stead. Jake Luton has been in there and getting similar results. Uh, Mike Glennon's going to be coming in this week for the Jaguars to replace Luton. And um, I don't know. I mean, I'd love for Gardner Minshew to be the guy in Jacksonville just because he's a good personality and uh, somebody that I think everybody can root for. But I don't think he's going to make it there. I don't think he's going to be the quarterback next year. He may be on the roster, but uh, I think that they're going to look to replace him along with probably around 18 other starters going into 2021. Brad, uh, what should we be thinking about for uh, Jacksonville uh, for a Christmas gift this year? Um. I, you know, obviously a new quarterback. They need a quarterback. I don't think Minshew is going to be the uh, future there, although he's, I think he's going to be a serviceable backup in the NFL for a long time. He's a guy that can come in and kind of like Ryan Fitzpatrick-like can, can keep you afloat and, and at least keep you in games uh, and give you a chance to win. Um, but for me, I think also, too, I think it's going to be a new coaching staff in Jacksonville. I think Doug Marone's uh, staff has run its course there. Um, He's kind of shown that uh, obviously they're in a rebuild mode now. So what's the best thing you do when you're rebuilding? You get a new coach, you get a new staff in, probably an offensive-minded staff. Um, the defensive-minded coach didn't work. You know, Doug Rome was a holdover from Gus Bradley's staff, and they decided to hire him as the uh, head coach after he was interim coach once Bradley was fired. So I think just a fresh start with the coaching staff, too, is the best thing that the Jaguars can can give a gift to, to their fans uh, this uh, year for 2021. Again, I, I agree with you on all those points. You know, Jacksonville's been extremely bad on defense and, you know, the talent that we've seen be bled out of that defensive unit since they uh, were in the playoffs making a run um, just a few years ago. 
you know, you're talking about half of a Pro Bowl team, basically, that they've, they've shed. Um, but offensively, they do have some weapons. Um, with James Robinson kind of coming out of nowhere and, and looking like a, a long-term option at running back for them. And uh, between DJ Shark and LaVisca Chenault, uh, even Keelan Cole has put up some good performances this year uh, at the receiver position. So I think that they have some targets there offensively, but I do think they need maybe a little bit of an upgrade at, at quarterback in order to uh, turn them around from the, the bottom of the barrel of the league. Um, and, you know, there's just a, a bunch of likable guys. So I'm hoping uh, for the best for them. And I'm hoping that, the, that, that they get that Christmas present that turns around their, their season next year. So let's go on to another team. This will be the Washington football team. They, uh, even with the win last week, are now sitting at three and seven. Again, still technically in the race for the NFC East, um, but we don't like their chances to, to make the playoffs this year. For them, Christmas, my Christmas gift to them is going to be a new, new team name, new branding going into 2021. Um, you know, it might not help them win any games, but uh, it was just kind of a fiasco heading into this season with the name change from uh, formerly the Washington Redskins to currently the Washington football team. Um, but they all already kind of got, I think, their, their, their Christmas gift. They got an early Christmas gift in Alex Smith making his return um, from uh, one of the worst leg injuries I've ever seen any athlete uh, incur. And for him to be back on the field and, you know, throwing for over 300 yards uh, and, and leading them to a victory. I think that's pretty good for Washington fans, Brad, what say you? Yeah, obviously. And here's the crazy thing with Washington is they play uh, Dallas on Thanksgiving and the winner of that game, it will be the winner or the leader of the AFC East, which is just our AFC East, NFC East, which is just crazy to think about because now, we're talking about Washington being in the mix for a top five pick, top 10 pick at the worst. And they could be all the way down in the 20s. They end up going to the playoffs with a seven and nine record or six and 10 record, which would be unheard of. So Washington's another team that needs a quarterback. Uh, and they obviously are not um, happy with Dwayne Haskins. He had a very short leash to start the year. And um, he's not even been brought back after uh, Kyle Allen was lost for the year um, with a uh, torn ACL. Um, so, you know, Alex Smith, I think is serviceable. It's a great comeback story. Um, he threw for 390 yards, uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, and so that is just, it's awesome to see him come back from, like you said, such a gruesome injury. Um, but Washington needs a quarterback. Now, whether that's a quarterback through free agency, whether that's one through the draft, um, do they bring on, um, you know, like you said, Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Is it Zach Wilson from BYU? Is it Justin Shields from Ohio State to pair with Chase Young, their top pick from last year? Um, who knows? Um, but for me, quarterback has got to be the priority for them. Um, really, any of those teams in the top 10, other than possibly Cincinnati, are going to need a quarterback for sure. Absolutely. And, and Washington in a very similar situation as Jacksonville where – they have a lot of those ancillary pieces already in place. And, uh, you know, again, mirroring Jacksonville with James Robinson, Antonio Gibson wasn't really expected to be involved too much this year. I don't think out of the backfield, but, you know, he stepped into a primary role and he's looked fantastic. They obviously have Terry McLaurin, who is a, a number one receiver in this league. Um, and a couple of the other guys, including Cam Sims, you know, they've had a couple of, of decent showings as well. But uh, Washington's showing flashes that they have some talent there. But again, 
uh, as you mentioned, until you have the quarterback in place uh, to make all the gears work properly, uh, you know, they're, they're still waiting uh, for their chance to be competitive. But let's move to the Windy City, uh, the Chicago Bears, one of my teams that have just been falling in the power rankings week over week. Now at five and five, we've already crossed them off as playoff contenders. Again, you know, to ring the bell, I think the best gift for them, Brad, is going to be a quarterback because I think that they have a good enough defense to be competitive, but they haven't been able to be consistent enough on offense to continue to move the chains and extend drives to in order to to win some of these games that they've lost recently. And, um, you know, David Montgomery is is okay. Uh, they lost Tariq Cohen early in the year. I think the combination of those two are are, are good enough um, as a, a running backs group. And Allen Robinson is a is a good receiver that has uh, still put up numbers despite you know, iffy quarterback play. Um, so again, Brad, you know I hate to to just kind of be repetitive gift givers, but I think for Chicago, the best gift for them is going to be a new quarterback. What do you think? Yeah, and I think I think you're 100 percent right with what you just said. They're a, a team that I think is a quarterback away from being really competitive and possibly even a Super Bowl contender with that um, with that defense. So they are a team I think that is less likely to be in a position to draft one of the top quarterbacks because they started the season so hot. Even yeah. if they win, and I, I I can see them finishing like seven and nine or eight and eight the last six games here of the season. Um, but for me, I think that they're actually would be smart to kind of get into the Dak Prescott uh, sweepstakes with Dallas and whether that just drives the price up for the Cowboys or whether that um, Dak, it would take a less of a contract to go to a different team, possibly where he's, you know, appreciated more or has a little bit more stability. I think Matt Nagy is still a good head coach. Um, I just think that he's not done he's just not had a quarterback to really move his offense the way that I think that he wants it to be. And I think Dak Prescott gives him all the options to be able to do that. Even somebody like I just talked about before with, uh, you know, the other teams we've covered, uh, Jameis Winston, um, the, you know, those two quarterbacks I think would definitely make the bears for sure a playoff contender and even possibly an NFC championship or a Super Bowl contender as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I maybe wouldn't put them up there with Super Bowl contender, but I do agree with your point about Nagy. And I think that he's a better coach than, than the Bears kind of give him credit for. And what I mean by that is the performances that we see from them. I think the good that we see is from Nagy and that coaching staff uh, coaching them up. But it feels like Nagy's kind of like a Ferrari mechanic that's working on a Hyundai right now. So yeah. um, until you give him the right parts, I don't think that um, that the offense is going to work, and it hasn't. Um, and, you know, we had questions about Matt LaFleur and Green Bay last year because Aaron Rodgers, you know, had <clears> – <throat> I'm air quoting right now – an off year, you know, what they viewed as maybe a poorer season from Aaron Rodgers. And, and even though they went to the NFC Championship game – there were questions about LaFleur and, and the offense he was looking to implement. Now, fast forward to this year, you know, give him another offseason to kind of put some pieces in place and players into positions that 
are making them more successful and all those questions go away. So I think you could have a similar situation with Chicago next year if they get a good quarterback. And another one, you know, I like the idea of Dak for anybody, obviously, but, um, you know, Jamie's Winston, it seems like somebody that would be a decent option as well, um, who is definitely going to be on the market and available. Um, and for Jamie's to go to a team that really is just a quarterback away, as we both are kind of thinking, um, if you can, get Jamie's to buy into let's not throw it as much. Um, let's trust, uh, you know, Tariq Cohen once he's back healthy and David Montgomery to kind of carry half the load here. Um, I think you can kind of start to maximize the output you're going to get from guys like Robinson and Anthony Miller um, and even Darnell Mooney, who has been surprisingly playing most of the snaps on the outside for Chicago this year. Um, so for a fantasy uh, perspective, just keep that guy's name on the radar. I think he'll be a bigger part of that offense next year. Um, but let's go on to Cincinnati, Brad. Some of the worst news of the season, Joe Burrow, who has been unbelievable um, and spectacular this season as the starting quarterback for the Bengals, went out last week uh, against Washington with a knee injury, and it was a really bad one. He's going to miss the rest of the year, and I question whether or not he'll be ready to go at the start of next season. Uh, but Brad, what do we get our, our ailing Bengals fans here? I think defense is going to be the play there. Obviously, I think they're going to lose A.J. Green. Um, he was on the franchise tag, and I think he's going to he's going to be a free agent. He's obviously lost a step, too. I mean, you can kind of see he, he scored his first touchdown last week, and it was week uh, week 11 when he scored it. So yeah. um, he just hasn't been on the same page as, as Joe Burrow. I think T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd have gotten much more of a rapport with him. You know, you may even want to think about uh, a running back. Joe Mixon has always – he's been good, but he has not been able to stay healthy the last couple of years too. So um, that's somebody. But I think the defense has really got to be at least solidified, whether that's through free agency or through the draft. Um, they're going to be in a position where they can take – most likely where they're going to be in the draft, it's probably going to be a top five pick. They're going to be able to take the first – the best non – quarterback prospect out there and usually the best non-quarterback prospect is usually one of the best prospects in the draft quarterbacks just have that higher value that higher that premium price just because teams are starved for that franchise quarterback so um, the Bengals have that in Joe Burrow and and he's probably gonna be out a full year uh, at least a full 10 months so he's probably gonna miss uh, a game or two to start the beginning of next year too yeah. So that's something to keep in mind as, as we get into 2021. But I think for the, the Bengals, you seem to be set at wide receiver. Obviously, you can supplement that through free agency with a, a veteran guy who can work in the slot, who can work as a third or fourth wide receiver. Um, you know, running back is, is able to be addressed in the third and fourth rounds of draft of the NFL draft. That can easily be done. And then you also, I think for them, the biggest thing is either going to be, you know, like we said, defense or somebody along the offensive line. Their offensive line has struggled this year, um, and shoring up that will will be a big uh, help for Burrow in 2021 as well. Yeah, I think they have to go defense. I think that their gift is going to be, you know, that high draft pick in the first round next year, and I, I think that they should use it to go get an edge rusher. You look at that division, and now you're looking, you know, who knows how much longer Ben Roethlisberger is going to be playing, but as long as he's quarterback of the Steelers, they're obviously going to be a contender, not only for the division, not only for the AFC, but for the Super Bowl. Um, 
you look at Lamar Jackson, who's been struggling, and Baltimore has been on a little bit of a downward trend, but still a dangerous team, a dangerous quarterback. And Baker Mayfield, um, you know, in Cleveland, up and down uh, throughout his career, but they're still winning games. Um, and he, if you're going to beat the Browns, you're going to have to get to Baker Mayfield. I think you have to have an edge rusher in that division, considering you got to play those three teams twice a year. Um, and I think that that's where they need to invest that, that pick because they, the offense looks good and, and Burrow's going to be able to kind of lift some of those guys up and he can win games for that team on the offensive side, but you can only win so many games when you're trailing double digits going into the fourth quarter. So, um, so I agree. Cincinnati, let's hope that for Christmas, Santa brings you a, a nice defensive end in the draft uh, that can kind of start turning that defense around for you. Um, let's go to Denver. They're four and six now after the win last week, but we've already crossed them off for playoffs. Um, Cortland Sutton went down with a season ending injury and it, it would have been really interesting to see how him and Jerry Judy developed uh, this year, but we're going to have to wait until 2021 for that. They have a good tight end and Noah Fant and uh, Drew Locke seems to be the guy that they're going to go with. I feel like he's just a quarterback that's going to get a couple of years, no matter how it goes. I'm still on the fence about him personally. Um, but for me, the biggest gift for them is going to be getting Vaughn Miller back next year. Um, so even though it's kind of like almost like a re-gift of sorts um, because they, he's already there, they know he's coming back, but it's just such a big piece on the defensive side of the ball to lose. And considering they already have won more games and look better than I thought they were going to. Um, I mean, that's, that's, that's my gift to Denver. What about you, Brad? What do you give in Broncos? Yeah, I, I think that Drew Locke is going to be on a shorter leash than I think we all think. I I would be I would be really surprised if if John Elway just kind of said, "Hey, we're going to stick with Locke and and not really have any type of backup plan." You know, Denver is is going to be probably in the late top ten, middle top fifteen in the NFL draft, depending on where they you know finish the last few weeks. But um, I think their, their skill positions are all set. You know, they've got Melvin Gordon. They signed him to a two-year deal, I believe. Um, they've got, uh, like we talked about, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. And then they've got KJ Hamler, too, from Penn State, who has had a, a pretty solid rookie year with basically very inconsistent um, quarterback play. Mm -hmm. um, you've also got uh, Tim Patrick as well, who's kind of emerged this year as, as a wide receiver threat. Um, so their offense is, is set, which is – good they're just a quarterback away from being really good and the defense obviously they've had some injuries go through there they lost von miller for the year um the defense and and then vic fangio as the head coach has always been um you know has always going to have a good defense he's kind of like you know uh the sean mcdermott of of the afc west you know he his guy is his focus is on that defense he's going to bring someone else in that's going to kind of get the offense and he's not going to have much to do with that. So for me, the, I think quarterback is a, is a sneaky need for them. I don't think Drew Locke is as safe as we think. Um, but also I think an offensive tackle is going to be a good play for them as well. Um, they can get that through the draft again with the way that quarterbacks, I think, are going to go in the top 10. That's going to push some better prospects down the board. Um, some guys are going to get some really good value picks at some non-quarterback positions in the six through 10 range. And I think Denver, um, with the way that their defense is, and if they get a couple of guys back from injury, they can then move forward and solidify the offensive line and possibly even get a quarterback somehow 
to really put them into contention. And, and right now it's Kansas City who's dominating the AFC West, and they've got to figure out. I don't think Drew Locke is somebody that's going to be able to keep up with Patrick Mahomes. No, I agree. Um, again, I was shaky on Locke. I just get the feeling – I just get the feeling that he's going to have a long leash, um, but I may be mistaken. And honestly, for Broncos fans, uh, I hope that, that I'm wrong on that because I, if I do think there's a lot of talent there and I realize that there's a short window for these teams to capitalize on that. So, um, you know, I, I'm never a fan of wasting years of opportunity just to see if the quarterback pans out. Um, if there's options to improve on that, I think that's what they should do. But for me, Denver, uh, I'm just happy that you're going to get Von Miller back next year because uh, he's one of the best defensive players in the league. He's fun to watch. Also uh, entertaining guy. Love his old spice commercials and um, he has some of the sweetest glasses I've ever seen. So, so Von Miller back in 2021 for you, Denver. Uh, let's go to the Bay in San Francisco. And after they made it to the Super Bowl last year, um, just, too many injuries this year, Brad. So, you know, I'm thinking maybe like a sideline infirmary that they could pop up on the sidelines for San Francisco. Um, but more realistically, I think really, and again, ringing the bell, but again, these, these are the teams towards the back end of my power rankings and quarterbacks make the league go round. And it may not make some San Francisco fans happy, but I think the best gift for San Francisco is to replace Jimmy Garoppolo. And um, honestly, for me, if I'm Dak Prescott, everything that I'm doing is positioning myself to land in San Francisco um, and become the new quarterback for the 49ers. So for me, my gift, it might be a long shot because it's out of stock right now, but is Dak Prescott going to, to San Francisco to be the quarterback for them next year? I think we definitely won't see Jimmy Garoppolo as quarterback next year for the 49ers. And so that there's kind of a built-in clause. They can get out of his contract uh, going into 2021 for like $2 million in dead cap, which is just, I mean, that's kind of, they were smart with how they built that contract because if he didn't pan out, then there's that out and they're not on the hook for a ton of dead cap space or, or you know, a lot of dead money that they've got to pay him. Um, I think you will see Garoppolo, as the quarterback for the Patriots next year. And so you heard it right here. It's the 25th of November in 2020. When the 2021 season starts next September, Jimmy Garoppolo will be the quarterback of the New England Patriots. And, and what a crazy turnaround that would be. Obviously, Dak would be – I mean, Dak would instantly put the 49ers back into Super Bowl contention. I think they would have been in Super Bowl contention this year if it hadn't been for the injuries that just continue to plague them. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Quarterback is going to be a big need for them. Um, whether that's through the draft or whether that's through free agency. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I'd love to see Dak in San Francisco. It's just, I think a better fit for him. It takes a lot of pressure off of him and there's just as much talent, um, on the offensive side of the ball when everybody's healthy in San Francisco and, and a significantly better defense to help support him there. Um, but okay, let's move on from San Fran. Let's go to the Giants. This one for me is just super easy. Uh, you know, losing Saquon Barkley was a massive blow, not only to the Giants, but to all the fantasy owners that drafted him first overall or second overall um, before the season started. And that's, again, uh, I know I set up for Denver with Von Miller, and it's kind of a cheap out. 
But Saquon Barkley coming back healthy next year for the Giants is going to be the best Christmas gift they could possibly get. Um, you know, they'll likely have a pretty high draft pick. Uh, somebody like Gregory Rousseau out of Miami, the uh, edge rusher, is somebody that I think would be a good fit for New York. Um, but offensively, I think they're pretty good, you know. And if Daniel Jones can continue to get a little bit better and, you know, if it takes using his his running ability to – to make him a better player, you know, that's all fine and good. Um, but Saquon coming back next year is going to make that team a completely different threat in the NFC East. Um, and that's my gift, Brad. Uh, what are you giving the Giants? Um, I think that that's obviously getting Barkley back is going to be huge for that offense. And I think for them, I think the biggest thing that would benefit them is, is getting a, a better a top-tier wide receiver in there. And there's a couple in the draft. You've got Jamar Chase from LSU. You've also got Alabama, who's got a couple of wide receivers, uh, Jalen Waddell and Devonta Smith, that are coming out. So um, I think that that's – Golden Tate is kind of on the end of his career. Um, Sterling Shepard is a solid, I think, wide receiver too. Um, Darius Slayton, again, is a good slot guy, wide receiver too. They just need that um, top wide receiver uh, that, to come and kind of take a little bit of pressure off for Daniel Jones and allow him to thrive in, in that offense and, and uh, in the offense there in the Giants. Let's shift to an offense that is not struggling, um, but they have struggled to get wins with so many single score losses this year. The Los Angeles Chargers have been eliminated from our playoff contention. Uh, even with the win last week, they're three and seven. Uh, but Justin Herbert has been a shot in the arm for that team, and they have had offensive production behind him that I don't think that they were expecting. Uh, they have great pieces there in Keenan Allen, who's coming off a 16 reception performance. Um, but also Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, uh, when their running back group is healthy uh, between Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, uh, and now they're getting production out of Kalen Balaj a little bit. Um, so offensively, I think they're pretty good. Um, the Chargers, you know, have Bosa on defense when he's healthy. Um, and also, um, oh, who's the safety they lost this year before the season started? Uh, Derwin James. Derwin James. So, I mean, you're talking about two all-world defensive players that you're missing from that, from that defense. Um, but I think for them, it's going to be still building that defense. Um, I think that the best gift for them is going to be adding an, uh, an edge rusher to put opposite Bosa. Uh, just to increase his effectiveness or maybe a, a defensive tackle that can eat up blocks uh, to free up uh, gaps uh, to blitz through. Um, but offensively, I mean, I really like the Chargers, honestly, and I feel that they're way better than a three and seven record. So uh, I think really the best gift for them is just going to be beefing up that defense. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think getting guys back from injuries is going to help a ton. Um, but also um, their offense is pretty set, especially if Herbert can take another leap in year two. Um, they've got some really – they've got the offense to be um, very dangerous and, and have an offense that can compete with the, the Chiefs there in the SD West. So um, defense is definitely going to be a priority for them. And for the Houston Texans, Bill O'Brien, they've already got their early Christmas gift in the sense that Bill O'Brien is no longer their coach and general manager. But he left that covered pretty bare. Uh, Houston is a team that I still thought was going to be more competitive than what they've shown. Uh, you know, obviously going from DeAndre Hopkins to Will Fuller and, and Brandon Cooks is a little bit of a downgrade, but, you know, I thought David Johnson coming in might be a little helpful and the, their defense just hasn't looked that good either. Uh, but for the Texans, 
the gift for me, it's going to be a coach. I just haven't figured out who that is going to be, Brad. Do you have any ideas for coaching candidates? Uh, I mean, for me, the only one that really hops out and jumps out and, and makes sense for me is Biennemi, um from Kansas City. But uh, do you have any coaching candidates that you think might be good fits to kind of take over and lead Deshaun and JJ there in Houston? Yeah, I think that you hit the nail right on the head. I think Eric Bieniemy is the coach for the Texans. I think that's a match made in heaven. Um, he's Bieniemy obviously has had a huge hand in developing Patrick Mahomes into being possibly one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, I think from a production standpoint, he is, but um, consistently being one of the best quarterbacks and maybe a, a top 10 quarterback of all time. I know that's really early to kind of say that, but he's – Already got an NFL MVP. He's got a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl MVP. So it's – he was a big part of that. So I think that him going down to Houston, being able to work with Deshaun Watson, and you've kind of seen Deshaun maybe regress a little bit this year. Stats have still been pretty good. But I think as a passer, he, he would really benefit from um, Bien-Ami. Um You know, I, I don't think that they're going to go with a defensive coach after, after having Bill O'Brien for so long. And I think that the <laughs> biggest thing is just getting a good – um, GM as well. So just getting a good coach and a good GM combo that they're on the same page and they're not sending DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals for David Johnson. <laughs> so um, that's uh, something I think that would benefit the Texans the most. Oh man. I just envision Bill O'Brien like putting on a, a fake mustache and going for a job interview to be the Houston Texans new coach general manager as like the sad thing is, is is he's going to probably – Bill Bryan is probably going to be a head coach again in the NFL this next cycle. So um, there's going to be a team out there that, whether it's the Jaguars or maybe the Jets or somebody like that, they're going to come through and, and give him another chance to just mess everything up. And we'll be talking about this for, you know, another three or four years. The new Houston Texans head coach, Gil O'Grien. Gil, Gil, <laughs> Gil O'Grien. <laughs> Oh, Houston, I feel for you guys, but you have Deshaun Watson. I don't feel too bad for you. I mean, that guy is absolutely spectacular. And I mean, it would be great to see the enemy go there because a, he deserves to be a head coach. He should have been a head coach this year. Let's be honest. And, um, you know, I think, as you said, him and Watson could do some amazing things, especially if Will Fuller can continue to stay healthy, which was always a knock on him is, you know, staying healthy and having some bad drops, but he's been great this year. And um, if you can put an offensive mind in place there that can really maximize the talents that are, are there currently, which whoever comes in is going to have to maximize what they have currently because they don't have a lot of, uh, of flexibility and getting better between draft picks and, and cap flexibility. But, uh, but Houston, you're, let's hope that you're getting a new, new head coach. That's going to be pretty good for you. Hopefully it's going to be the enemy. Um, let's see. I think the Panthers are the last team that we have crossed off that we haven't gone over. So in Carolina, I mean, what do you think, Brad? I mean, is Teddy Bridgewater a long-term answer there? Or are they looking to replace quarterback as early as next year? Um, you know, the Panthers, I think that the Panthers are, are pretty happy with the way Bridgewater's been. He's been top five in the NFL. Um, top 10 in the NFL for passing before he was injured. Um, and I think he's given them enough offensively to be content with, with him, for at least for a year or two. Um, 
I'm not sure if the Panthers are going to be able to get one of the top QBs this year with how they played. Um, you know, for the Panthers, for me, I think, I think defense is what they need to do. I, I know that they played a little bit better lately, but I think that they've really got to shore up. They've got good skill positions. They've got Christian McCaffrey running back. And I think Bridgewater is an above average quarterback in the NFL. So I think defensively yeah. is where they're really going to have to kind of build in the, in Matt rules, second off season, hopefully first like normal off season. If the, once the pandemic kind of comes under control and we can return to normal. So I think defense is going to be their thing, whether it's an edge rusher or a linebacker um, or even a cornerback, one of the top cornerbacks as well. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, it's hard to remember now, but they have they, they lost Luke Keekley uh, kind of unexpectedly when he decided to retire, um, you know, pretty early on in his career. And that's a perennial all pro uh, linebacker in the middle of the defense. That's your defensive captain calling out audibles. And, you know, that's a big piece to replace. Um, I think they have to go on the defensive side of the ball. I would say that their best option, you know, depending on where their pick lands is to kind of find that Keekly type replacement. Obviously it's always a gamble, but you know, that's the kind of player that I'd be targeting um, because the defense needs a whole rebuild uh, offensively. I think they're pretty good. And I agree. I think Bridgewater's been good enough where he's earned himself uh, at least another year uh, under center and especially to have the opportunity to play with CMC healthy for an entire season and really see what that offense can be uh, in that combination. So, so yeah, defensive side of the ball for you, Carolina. So I think, let me double check the list, Brad. That's everybody we have currently crossed off. I definitely have a team or two that I think we should add to no longer in playoff contention. Um, I'm going to start with Detroit. Uh, do you have any objections to Detroit getting added to this list at this point, Brad? Four and six. Yeah, I think that they. I think that they are are pretty much done. They had. Um, they won last week, obviously. Or actually, they didn't win last no, week. No, they so lost they, last uh, week. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would say, especially in the NFC, uh, NFC North. North. There. Yeah. Um, and they uh, should be. Um, shouldn't be in any contention. And I think they're another team too. That's probably going to have a new coaching staff starting next year. Yes. And that's my gift to you, Detroit is get Matt Patricia out of there. And um, gosh, I just, I don't know. I mean, Matt Stafford, I think is a really good quarterback. I think Kenny Galladay is like a very good receiver and they've shown the ability to kind of swap in and out running backs uh, that have had varying levels of success. Um defensively they need a lot of work but I think a lot of it comes down to coaching because there's games where it's close and it seems like they usually lose the close games and, and I think you know part of that is on players but when you, you're talking about chess matches uh, down to the, the wire in NFL games coaching really makes a huge difference and I think that you've seen Matt Patricia fail them in a lot of instances so I think that a new coaching staff would be the best gift for Detroit. Yep absolutely. And another team that I want to put on, I don't want to put them on because I still think I still like them, but after a loss last week at three and seven, I think Atlanta, it's time to cross them off and take them out of playoff contention. Uh, Brad, any objections to Atlanta? Nope. They are, they're done. Unfortunately, I like Atlanta. I think that they're going to be good. They're going to have obviously a new coaching staff as well next year. Um, I think that, but they, uh, they are done for 2020. Yeah, and, and uh, kudos to Raheem Morris, though, for um, 
the work he's done in interim duties, you know, even though they haven't been able to string together wins, you know, they do look like a completely different team. Uh, under Dan Quinn, they were a team that looked like they didn't want to play for their coach anymore. Um, and it's been not night and day, but it's been a significant difference. So, so kudos to uh, Raheem Morris and, and the interim um, and look forward to, you know, and potentially a new coach. They, they may decide to bring him back next year. Who knows? But um, either way, I think brighter things are on the horizon for Atlanta uh, in 2021. That offense is just too damn good uh, not to be competitive when everybody's healthy. Let's see. I think the last team I want to add is the Patriots. Did we cross the Patriots off? Are you ready yet, Brad? Um, I'm not sure. They're, I don't think they're going to win the division. Um, I think that they needed to, to win last week for that to happen. Yes. Um, but I feel pretty safe without them just kind of doing a 180 here the last six games to turn it around. I think, you know, they got to pretty much run the table to be 10 and six go five and one to be nine and seven. So I think it's pretty safe for them to be crossed off as well. Okay. Bill Belichick, your season's over, buddy. Yep. And obviously for them, for Christmas present for them is, is offensive skill positions, man. Like they need wide receivers, one, two, maybe even three new wide receivers for a quarterback, whoever is going to play quarterback for them next year. I don't foresee it to be Cam Newton. I, like I said, Earlier, I think it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo who will be their quarterback. Um, and I don't think that they'll be high enough to draft anybody uh, in the in the drafts other than, you know, maybe a developmental guy. Do you think there's any room for Cam Newton to kind of transform who he is as a player this year, uh, moving forward and would t and take a role as like a Taysom Hill in another offense, say like maybe Baltimore, where you can line him up anywhere. You know he can obviously throw the ball. Uh, but he causes defensive mismatches and nightmares for defensive coordinators. I mean, it would obviously take a reduction in his role going from a quarterback to kind of a, a utility player. Um, but he's already shown he's willing to take less money to play. And I think he does want to win. Uh, you know, is that something you think would be possible? Is that something Cam Newton would do? I'm not sure if he would do that or if he would just kind of call it a career. Um, yeah, that's tough to – that is tough to, I guess, kind of piece out. Uh, you know, I think he would do well. I, I, so, I guess we're talking about it's two different ways. I think he would do well to transform. I think he, we would see him – be in the NFL longer if he decided to do that and kind of, you know, accepted that new role, especially if, if his arm isn't going to return to um, like it was before he injured his shoulder there in Carolina. Um, will it happen? I, I don't know about that. I'm not sure if he's willing to maybe the, the ego would step in and he's still a quarterback and not a gadget player. Um, so that would be interesting from that standpoint. Interesting. Well, let's move on. That was kind of a sidebar. This kind of popped in my head, but I just wanted to ask your opinion on that. But yeah, for the Patriots, you know, it would be really cool to see Jimmy Garoppolo land back there, as you said. So for me, I didn't even know it was going to be this, but for me, the Patriots, the gift is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo as your starting quarterback next year. That is interesting. 
Um, okay, so now the rest of the teams on the list that we have here, not out of playoff contention yet, at least in our minds. Um, but let's go down through. We're, we're running short on time and have about half the lead to go through, so we'll kind of zip through some of these. Philadelphia now 3-6-1 and one, um, at risk of losing the NFC East lead um, for the division. For them, gosh. What do you think? For, I mean, they perplex me all year, so it's a pretty difficult gift idea for me. Do you have anything yeah. on the tip of your tongue for them? I'm not sure. Uh, to be honest with you, if they lose this week and they fall 3-7-1, I think it's time to give Jalen Hurts a few games to see what they have in him because – Carson Wentz has been really bad this year, and I don't know if it's just been injury-related. I mean, he's been really banged up the last couple of years. Um, I, you know, his mechanics are all over the place, so I think for me the gift is to see what you have in Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I think that's a good one, actually, because it was a little bit of a surprise when they drafted him anyways. And, uh, yeah, I like that because, you know, he's somebody that wasn't given a lot of – chance um and talk about being one of the better quarterbacks out of the draft but he was obviously one of the more successful college quarterbacks that we've seen in the past few years um coming out of the collegiate ranks so yeah that would be interesting because really I mean the Eagles on paper when they're healthy they're still a good team but they've also been another team that's been ravaged by injuries so so yeah for the Eagles I like that uh let's go to the Raiders who even though they lost last week they're still keeping themselves in contention for playoffs and they're a, a gritty team Derek Carr's looked really good um, I think a lot better than people expected and John Gruden has done a good job with that team um for the Raiders Brad, what do you got? Um, Raiders are kind of tough because, you know, they tried to revamp their uh, offense this year, which I think they've done a pretty good job. And then defensively, they're still kind of not there. I mean, you saw what the Chiefs did to them, um, you know, over and last week there. They basically – Patrick Mahomes drove down the field in 27 seconds. So, I think defensively, they're still not there. Um, so, whether that's a cornerback, whether that's another defensive lineman or a defensive end – um, you know, May, Mike Mayhawk has had quite a few first round picks and he's kind of been hit or miss on them. So um, for me, I think it's, it's building that defense as a gift, whether that's through the line or through um, the linebacking corps or even another cornerback to add to that group. I think ultimately for me, for Vegas, it's going to be, you know, hopefully with, with, with COVID um, trending in the other direction and, and kind of going away maybe allowing for 2021 to kind of be a more normal season, allowing fans into the stadiums and everything. It would be for the Raiders to kind of have the the full launch in Las Vegas that they didn't really get to have this year after moving from Oakland. Um, so for me, it'd be just kind of like the Raiders acclimating into Vegas and, and Vegas feeling like, hey, we have a football team and we're on the map. Um, so for me, that's kind of like their gift. And it's something that for sure is going to happen at some point. Hopefully it's in 2021. Um, but that's something that I think is pretty cool uh, to look forward to. And uh, for me, that's the gift uh, that I'm putting on the list for the Raiders. Um, now let's go to Minnesota and their team that we've seen kind of surging behind Delvin Cook, even though they dropped a game last week. Um, but I still think that they're in contention based on how good Cook has been. And if he can stay healthy, I think he, they, they stay competitive uh, through the end of the year. Um, a gift for them is pretty tough, Brad. You know, I don't have a lot of friends in the Midwest, and, and I don't really know what they like up there. Um, <laughs> what are you thinking, Brad? For me, it's got to be defense, I think. I think the, defensively they've been a huge letdown this year. 
Um, they already traded away Ngaku after they got him from the Jaguars earlier in the year. Um, just defensively, they're kind of a mess right now. So whether that's defensive line, uh, you know, they, they need cornerbacks as well. Um, so defense is their biggest thing. Offensively, I think they'll be fine. I think Justin Jefferson is going to do really well for them, which is exciting. Yeah, he's been great. His development has been expedited, and that's through bad quarterback play uh, from Kirk Cousins throughout the year. And um, he's been up and down. And uh, but luckily, Adam Thielen's on the other side of him, and, and definitely opens up opportunities for him to avoid double coverages. And, and Thielen's been eating up a lot of those. And Thielen's been fantastic this year. So um, you know, for the Vikings, it's just kind of uh, a wait and see for me because I don't know what to get this team. Considering I think that they're way better than four and six, and I think that they're going to stay in playoff contention. Uh, through the rest of the year so for me I'm just hoping that you guys get to the playoffs because I'd like to see Dalvin Cook continue to rush for 200 yards a game that's been pretty exciting um, mm -hmm. now a team going in the other direction now we talked about um, the enemy as a, a coordinator that probably should be a head coach and a head coach uh, or a, a, another coordinator that we thought the same thing about just a, a year two years ago um, was Greg Roman uh, in Baltimore and Baltimore's offense has looked very flat and um, Lamar Jackson has not looked very good these past, I would say four or five weeks. Um, they're on a two game losing streak now and they allowed the Browns to jump ahead of them in the AFC North standings um, for Baltimore. I'm just, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm getting all the help I can for Lamar Jackson to return to somewhat of the form that we saw in his MVP uh, campaign from last year, you know, whether that's psychiatrists or, uh, massage therapy or uh, you know massage maybe a, a life a life coach <laughs> like something like we need to do something to get Lamar back on track because it's just not as fun to watch the Ravens when Lamar Jackson's not good yeah uh definitely needs a few massages that's that's the key <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing is they I don't I don't know what has changed but I don't I don't think Greg Roman trusts him as a passer and I and I don't understand why Obviously, I think that they would benefit from more skill at the wide receiver position. I don't think that, you know, Marquise Brown and, and Willie Sneed and Devin DuVernay and Miles Boykin are, are keeping defensive coordinators up at night. So no. that, I think, is going to be the biggest gift for them is getting more skill position around Lamar Jackson. He's, a, he's an amazing quarterback. He's a dynamic talent. Um, but you, he can't rush the ball 20 times a game as a quarterback and expect them to continue to be successful. Teams have caught on to that and now they need to, he needs to beat them with his arm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, receiver help. That's great. You know, we're just, you know, both we're on the same page, you know, I want to help Lamar. You want to help Lamar. Um, so, you know, let's make this happen. Uh, Christmas, 2020. Um, the Miami Dolphins have been one of the pleasant surprises of this year. They're six and four. Um, they were riding a five-game win streak before the loss last week. And, um, you know, Tua Tagovailoa looks like he's going to be at least good enough. Um, you know, he hasn't looked uh, the same as Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert has, um, but he had them, you know, he, picked, he came in in the middle of a win streak, kept going for, for a couple of weeks. And, you know, I think he's looked good enough where he's going to be the starting quarterback uh, opening day next year for them. Um, for me, I think the best gift that you can give Tua in Miami is uh, another receiving threat. Um, Devontae Parker's very good. Um, they haven't really looked – Tua and Devontae, though, haven't looked like they've really developed chemistry yet. Uh, but I think regardless, I think you need to add a second receiver into that offensive uh, mix out, outside of Parker. Um, 
Right? What do you think? I mean, I know there's talent there, but I just think that you need to add something a little bit better. Yeah, I think so. A good wide receiver too um, would be, you know, Devontae's good. Preston Williams has shown flashes, but definitely more skill position. And I think they need to, to solidify the running back spot too. Um, you know, I, Tua doesn't have the arm strength that Burrow and Herbert have. So he's going to need to, they're going to need to be able to scheme wide receivers more open, more than, than um, what they would do in LA and in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So I think getting more offensive weapons is only going to help him. Okay. Uh, moving on to the LA Rams uh, now at seven and three, they had that big win over Tampa Bay on Monday night this past week. And they're a team that, uh, you know, we had questions about because for a while the only wins they had were uh, against bad teams. But uh, now they've got a couple of good wins against a couple of good ones. And uh, things are looking good in L.A. for the Rams, at least. Uh, what's on the Christmas list for you for, for the Rams? Um, you know, it's tough. I, I think that the Rams are good. You know what I mean? Like they, they've really kind of snapped out of their funk to begin the year. Seven and three. Um they're kind of a fluky offensive pass interference away from being eight and two. Um, so it's, I guess, you know, there's not a ton. They've got good pieces on defense. They've got good pieces on offense. You know, it may not hurt to add another wide receiver for Jared Goff or even offensive line too. Um, I think building, you know, Andrew Whitworth is, is out for the year with a knee injury. Um, so, you know, getting a, a tackle to solidify, uh, Jared Goff's blindside would be something that I'd put a priority for the Rams. I do agree on that, but ultimately I'm giving the LA Rams coal in their stockings because they get to live in LA. They are towards the top of their division. Looks like they're going to be a playoff team. Uh, Sean McVay, <laughs> the the good looking young coach, all the things are going right. They have Aaron Donald. I'm wishing bad things on you LA for Christmas. Okay. I'm giving you coal in your stockings. Boo to you. Uh (laughs) All right, let's go on to my Cleveland Browns. Uh, They're now second place in the AFC North. You know, for me, this is very personal. So, you know, my, my, my gift to Cleveland, I want you to get some secondary help. Greedy Williams has been hurt basically all year. Um, I think that he would slot in as a nice um, nickel cornerback, but I think Denzel Ward, you know, he's good. He's fine. Um, but I'd like to see them go get a, either a cornerback um, in the draft or a safety. Um, Grant Delpit, the, the rookie safety, was injured um, preseason, and he missed the entire season, so he'll be coming into the mix next year. But I think they need some more help in the secondary. Miles Garrett is good enough on his own to be the entire pass rush for the Browns. And offensively, I think they're, you know, in a pretty good spot. You know, if they get Odell back healthy next year, and it looks like they have a great one-two punch in Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, um, you know, secondary help to me is really the only thing they need. Uh, fantastic job by Kevin Stefanski and, um, and the new front office in turning this team around, you know, sitting a seven and three going into Thanksgiving. Those are things I'm just not used to in my life um, as a Cleveland Browns fan. Yeah, I, you hit the nail on the head. I don't have too much to add from that other than I think that, um, Baker will kind of snap out of his offensive funk a little bit here the next few weeks. I mean, the weather has just kind of been brutal the last three games he's played um, in Cleveland. So, um, yeah, the Browns, I think, are in good shape for sure, especially with their remaining schedule. Yep. Well, we're running low on time, Brad, but we got 10 more teams to go through. So let's kind of zip through these pretty quickly. Uh, the Titans, 
seven and three look like they're they're going to be competing with uh, the Colts all the way down for to the wire for that division. Um, you know, for me, the best gift for the Titans is going to be um, to get Ryan Tannehill back on track for the playoffs this year. Because you know, if I'm the Titans, I'm not looking into next year yet. You're still good enough, and, and you're competing, and you have Derrick Henry on your team. So, you know, for me, it's it's getting the good Ryan Tannehill as opposed to the bad Ryan Tannehill. Um, you know, come holiday time, which is now, which is wrapping up the NFL season, uh, determining playoff positioning. So, good Tannehill is is my gift to the Titans. Uh, anything different from you? No, again, I think you hit kind of everything that needs to be. He needs to kind of return to his early season form and the form that pushed them through the playoffs last year. Okay. Next up, I have the Cardinals. Um, you know, this, it's just – it's so funny how teams can be on such highs and, and then on such lows from week to week. And the Cardinals are one of those teams over the past three weeks. Um, for me, you know, they, they, they already got DeAndre Hopkins there for Kyler Murray and uh, – Offensively, I think they have a couple of good running backs, you know, provided that Kenyon Drake comes back next year, which I don't know if he will. I think Chase Edmonds, honestly, is good enough of a back, and he's under contract there. Um, that I think he really should be the primary back for as much usage as running backs get um, in Arizona. Um, so for me, um, really in Arizona, all they need is a defense. But I'm not going to go there. I'm actually going to go with a pass-catching tight end because I think that would really open up a huge new dimension to Kyler Murray's development. And uh, Max Williams hasn't been the guy. And uh, even before that, um, who was the guy that they got from Buffalo uh, that came over there for a season? Um, boy, I'm drawing a blank on that. Oh, I know. Oh, Charles Clay. Sorry, Charles Clay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's been – they've tried a couple of things there, but I think a pass catch, uh, a pass catching tight end, you know, in the vein of Mark Andrews, like look what he did for Lamar Jackson and still is doing. Um, I think that would be the best gift to give the, the Arizona Cardinals. Yep, for sure. And I, I think them uh, – another cornerback opposite of Patrick Peterson. Um, you know, Buda Baker is an incredible safety. Isaiah Simmons is going to be an awesome linebacker. And they've got some good depth on the defensive line. So the, the pieces are there, I think, just – a couple of complimentary pieces are going to help them quite a bit. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Let's go on to the Bills. Brad, I'll let you take this. This is your team. What are you getting your, your um, squad for Christmas? Offense has been really good. You know, it's been exciting to see them do well. I think for me, just having a little bit of a more consistent run game, something that they can keep teams honest with. Um, although Josh Allen has kind of proven that he's been able to pass even when teams are are playing the pass now. So, um defensively also they need a little bit more consistency on the defensive side of the ball but um you know overall it's been a pretty good year they're they're one fluke play away from eight and two that cardinals last second touchdown by deandre hopkins is just you know happens one out of 100 times and you just kind of kind of tip your cap and um <laughs> you know they're still in really good shape with the afc east crown and obviously with miami losing last week they're a, a game and ahead with head-to-head tiebreaker right now as well yep all right, going back to the Midwest, Indianapolis Colts, seven and three, sitting atop their division with the tiebreaker uh, over Tennessee. They've scored over 30 points and wins over the Packers and the Titans the past two weeks. And um, for me, this is uh, an easy one because I've been doing it all year. I think a lot of everybody else in, across the country has been doing it that follows football. But for me, the gift for the Colts is for the rest of this season, for everybody to just keep underestimating them and counting them out. 
because they've been just quietly been one of the best teams on both sides of the ball all season and credit to uh, Frank Reich and that coaching staff. Uh, but one of the best defenses in the NFL and uh, offensively, they can hurt you in pretty much any way. You know, Phillip Rivers doesn't have the arm that he used to, but he can still put it up there. Uh, has some talented young receivers that are developing, and they've been able to get performances out of Jonathan Taylor, uh, Naheem Hines, whoever it is that they have to plug in at the running back position, and they're just kind of playing with the next man up mentality. So I think they're a dangerous team you don't want to meet in the playoffs this year. So for me, you know, if I'm the Colts, I just want everybody to keep counting me out because it's, it's making my job easier. Yep, it's hard to – it's you, you're, you keep wanting to hate on them and, and say that they're not really a contender, but they just keep win, finding ways to win games, so 100%. Yeah, you can't argue with results. And uh, speaking of results, Tampa Bay is a, a team that is another one that's just up and down, and the, the roller coaster ride is making me sick for <laughs> the amount of highs and lows that we're going through with the Bucks this year. Um, they, they lose – uh, this past week, uh, now sitting at seven and four, second place in the uh, NFC South behind the Saints. Um, for me, it's uh, for the Bucks. I'm giving you a hyperbaric chamber to try to keep Tom Brady um, as young as possible and maybe try to Benjamin Button him a little bit and reverse the aging process because it looks like, you know, week after week, he just looks a little bit older and showing a little bit more of his age. So for Tampa to kind of invest all this and in going in on Tom Brady and TB12 bringing a championship back to Tampa Bay, uh, it looks like it might be slipping through their fingers. Brad, what about you? What about for the Bucks? Yeah, I think that we're at a point where, um, you know, Tom Brady is who he is. So it's going to be – there's going to be games he has like this where he, you know, just – lays an egg and there's going to be other games where he throws for five touchdowns and 300 yards. So I think that Tampa Bay should definitely make the playoffs as a wild card team this year, but I don't know. They're only going to be able to go as far as Brady and Brady is definitely showing his age this year for sure. He's not a guy that elevates him players around him anymore. He's a guy that needs to be elevated a little bit with scheme and with, uh, with uh, players around him. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Let's go to Seattle. Um, Russell Wilson has been, has looked like an MVP candidate. He's also looked like a very average quarterback at times throughout the season, but they've still managed a seven and three record in the NFC West, which is still a truly competitive division um, for Seattle. You know, they usually they're known for a, a loud home crowd and the 12th man, and they haven't really had that to their benefit this year. So uh, for, for, for the Seahawks, for the fan base, I'm hoping uh, I'm giving them a, a wish of a, a, a return to normalcy in 2021 to bring that 12th man back to Seattle and give them that advantage at home um, because it's something, you know, even sitting at home watching on TV, it's a, it's a really great football experience just to watch. Um, and it's something that I've missed. Uh, but I'm sure that that, you know, you have something a little bit better than that. Yeah. Seahawks need defense, obviously. It's just that's simple as what it is. Russell Wilson is going to do just fine. Um, the offense is fine. Like the defense is just a joke. And you, you know, you've got Jamal Adams who's supposed to be this top safety in the NFL and all he can basically do is blitz. He can't cover. And that's not really what safety's primary uh, job descriptions are. They need to be able to cover. So uh, defense is what Seattle needs for Christmas. All right. Let's go to Wisconsin and talk about the Green Bay Packers. Uh, they are also seven and three. They also took a loss last week, just like Tampa Bay did. Um, and for me, Aaron Rodgers has probably been the MVP um, so far this season. Uh, 
so for me, to the Packers, I want to gift you um, one more game than you had last year. And I'd like for the Packers to get to the Super Bowl this year just so I can see Aaron Rodgers on that stage again. Um, he's been one of the most uh, important players to the league and one of the best quarterbacks that we've ever seen play the game. Um, I'd really like to see him in a Super Bowl again, and I think that this year is a good opportunity for him to do that. Um, so that would be the gift that I would love to give to Green Bay. Uh, what about you, Brad? Yeah, I think, I, again, I, I'm going to kind of uh, echo what I said with the Seahawks. I think that their defense is what needs to be better. It kind of let them down in the game against the Colts last week, and it's something that, you know, Mike Pettin is known as a defensive guy here in the NFL. He's well-respected, and I think their defense just has to be better, especially for all they've invested in it. And uh, for the Saints, why don't you kick off uh, what we'd be thinking about for the Saints and, and Drew Brees down in New Orleans? Um, you know, so obviously with the Saints, I think just to continue what they're doing, I, I think it's tough to find any weaknesses. Um, their defense has playing, been playing a lot better. Um, offensively, obviously, Brees isn't out, but that they showed no signs of slowing down with Taysom Hills, their quarterback. And they've also got Jameis Winston in waiting in the wings as well to be a quarter, you know, to come in if, if, if the Taysom Hill experiment, you know, bombs out. So for me, it's just stay consistent. I'd like to give them some consistency. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, you know, they've got a really good shot to be, you know, be in the NFC championship for this year. Okay. And for the Saints, I would give them season tickets to the Pelicans because Zion Williamson is going to be extremely exciting uh, in the new look Pelicans offense. And um, I'm hoping for good things from them this year. Uh, the last two that we have on the list here, Brad, are the Kansas City Chiefs and the Pittsburgh Steelers. For the Kansas City Chiefs, I just wish them a good bill of health going into the playoffs so they can be fully ready um, to gear up for a Super Bowl run uh, to defend their championship. Uh, and for the Steelers, I guess I'm wishing you perfection, guys, because, I, I mean, it's it's always fun to talk about, but it's very rare to see. And, um, you know, even though I'm a Browns fan and, and I grind against the Steelers, uh, you know, to start out 10-0, that's pretty impressive. And um, to see a team go undefeated would be pretty cool. So that would be my gift to you guys. Um, Brad, anything you'd like to add to that? No, I think that that's both, you know, Hits it on the head. I think the Steelers are a little bit of mirage at 10-0. Uh, they've had some pretty close games the last few weeks. They almost gave up their perfect record against Dallas. So um, just continue. They, they've got a bit of a tougher stretch here to end the year. So I'm not sure that that perfection is going to hold up. Okay. Well, just a reminder, there's three games on Thanksgiving Day. Houston, who's minus three, will play Detroit. Dallas giving three, plays Washington. And Pittsburgh is laying four and a half to Baltimore uh, in the primetime game at night. That is all the time that we have this week. I want to thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts by searching FindBet. Go to FindBet.com to check out all of our newest content this week where you can find out who to drop, who to swap, and who to shop for your fantasy teams, DFS lineup recommendations, and betting advice for week 12 of the NFL. Remember to follow us on Twitter at FindBet underscore news and on Instagram at FindBet just one word to know when all of our new content hits FindBet.com. Um, Brad, I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving and um, to you and your family and also to our audience. Thanks again for joining us on The Catch. And until next time, happy Thanksgiving and may the waivers always be in your favor, my friends. Goodbye. <laughs>